Welcome to the Boost Podcast with Kelly Leonard, the podcast providing you with immediate access to tools, tips, and tactics to boost your business and career success. Build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. It's the Boost Podcast. And now, here's Kelly Leonard. Hello, and welcome back to the Boost Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Leonard. Today's episode features Katie Nelson. Katie is the sales catalyst and CEO of Sales Uprising. She helps business owners build their dream businesses and create six figures fast using her signature revenue-first methodology. The part of boost Katie covers during our conversation is obtain more leads. Katie, my dear, welcome to the Boost Podcast. Hey, Kelly. How are you? I'm doing so well. Thank you for asking. How are you? I am fabulous. And this is long overdue. And I am just so excited to share a piece of Katie Nelson with the Boost Podcast community. Hey, there's plenty to go around. Take one. (laughs) Good stuff. So, but for those, because I am one of your biggest fans, but for those folks who are listening in and just hearing about you for the first time, tell us a little bit more about Katie Nelson. Sure. So uh, business stuff up front, party in the back, right? So Katie Nelson, CEO of Sales Uprising. Uh, I am known as the sales catalyst because even if you just hang around me, somehow sales is in the air and things start popping for you. Uh, I'm a business coach that works with small businesses that are looking to get to their first quarter million in revenue their first six-figure paycheck, or when appropriate, we create and I help them sell their first six-figure offering. Um, But other than that, I'm a wife of almost 18 years. I have six nieces and nephews. My dog is like the love of my life. Don't tell my cats, you know. Pretty easygoing gal. Wow. (laughs) Oh, and I have a really loud laugh. All the important things that you need to know. Oh, I'm a huge Olympics fan. So what's your sport though? Nope, not it. Olympics, the entirety of the Olympics, (laughs) like all of the channels for two weeks, for two weeks, Uh I'm up at dawn. I'm watching all the things. I love them all. I love all of the stories. I love the drive. I love the level of athleticism. I love it all. Wow. But you know, and it's funny because in order to probably run a successful small business, you have to be a bit of an Olympian, right? Ooh, <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. Yes. So I like that. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, so much of what I heard in the professional side of you is sales and selling. <laughs> so tell me this, what do you think people fear most about selling? Everybody will say it's different, Uh but at the end of the day, they fear others' perception of them as a salesperson. So the easy go-tos are like they fear rejection, which could potentially be true. But if they're running a business, let's face it, Kelly, there's rejection in running a business. So I don't know how true that part is. I think it's more that I fear that someone is going to think I am money grubbing or, Mm. right? It's how they think other people are going to see them in a sales role. Interesting. Interesting. And so because of that, what, and you mentioned like money growing, what are some of the other um, ways or labels? That's what I'm looking for. Labels 
perhaps negative labels that people perceive being thought of in a sales environment? Absolutely. I'm pushy, right? Mm. Katie, I don't want to be pushy. And I got to tell you guys, when you think this about yourselves, if you've ever thought about yourself in a, as being potentially pushy, when you're looking to sell what you do, Mm -hmm. I have a couple of things for you. One pushy salespeople, massively successful. (laughs) It works for them. (laughs) right? People buy from pushy people. If you don't like pushy salespeople, don't buy from them. And there will stop being pushy salespeople, Mm. right? So the oddest thing though, is that it's the people who are the least pushy people Mm -hmm. that think that they're going to instantly become this. If they, if they quote unquote, they're going to be hawking their wares on a street corner. I mean, literally the the mental pictures, (laughs) I can't imagine what they think. (laughs) sales is right. So it's literally just not really understanding what sales is, uh, in its entirety that I think gives people these, right. Like, Ooh, used car salesmen. Those guys make a lot of money. I I mean, are you looking to make a lot of money in your business? Are you looking to not? Yeah. Yeah. And and the other thing is, is I think this notion that sales is bad. And at the end of the day, we're all salespeople, right? Like you mentioned 18 years in marriage. Well, chances are you probably sold a thing or two in that marriage, right? So most likely. (laughs) So yeah, but for whatever reason, we then couple it and make it really icky and negative and when it comes to our business. And, and sometimes, you know, right now there's a really big, um, I want, I need to be a purpose driven business. Mm. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like to think I have a purpose for my business and why I do it. I, I believe that small business is the strongest thing we have going in the U S like yeah. we have the ability to change the world. The small business owners are the ones that give back to the community and are more politically active and all of these amazing things. Right. So it's really on my heart to make sexy, strong, small business communities, Yeah, you know, to be able to do that though, you got to have money. Yeah. And so part of it is also our money mindset. Like, mm. uh, I can't be seen as thinking that the dollar is this almighty thing. I got to tell you guys, I've sold my whole life. I have never thought that the dollar was almighty. I, I had a job at one point where you have to like count money, Mm. you know, from like drivers and stuff like that. They bring it back and you have to reconcile it. Money is a filthy, filthy thing. It's a it's actually dirty stuff, right? Nobody wants to touch it anymore. Use your Apple pay, Um, (laughs) you know, but your money mindset has to do with, and money isn't the only thing that makes success. I think that's where people also get caught up, right? Yeah. To say, well, Katie, I run a great business. Yeah. Maybe I could have more clients. There are all kinds of businesses. You can have lifestyle businesses that only need to make $50,000 because you're looking to work 10 hours a year. You know what I mean? Like it just, you can do it however you want, Mm -hmm. but a business required, like it's the definition of business success. You guys is to actually have revenue coming in the door. Yeah. Business is not supposed to be the thing that for us business owners puts us behind. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, you said so many different things there that are really, yeah, I think mindset is a, a big part of it. And so how do we shift people's mindset? How do, how do you help people to kind of fall in love with the the idea or the notion of selling? Well, we start with the person, right? So sales is a skill set like any other skill set. 
Once you have it, it's yours to use for the rest of your life. It doesn't, unlike marketing, Mm -hmm. its algorithms don't change, (laughs) right? So let me hashtag, oh yeah, right? Like, so (laughs) sales is the same all of the time. So you don't, once you learn it, you've got it. Then Mm -hmm. it's literally just the concept of improving on it and improving on it and polishing that diamond so it can be as shiny as possible. Um, But I ultimately, the work that I do brings people to recognize that you, you personally, like if Kelly hated to sell, which is not true, by the way, people, uh, Kelly's amazing. Uh, If Kelly hated to sell, I would talk to her about her kids and all those sales jobs, right? Right. Yeah. And your husband or your partner Mm -hmm. at home, Mm -hmm. even when you're negotiating your parents, if any of you out there are like me, who is taking care of the older generation at this point, nothing like having to sell your mom and dad on stuff. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's a conversation in and of itself. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. But the, the skill set comes in handy. Um, because at the end of the day, it's just about knowing people. So it's mm-hmm. not about how extroverted are you versus how introverted are you, mm-hmm. right? Slim margins, but introverts sell 2% better than extroverts. Huh. Now, why, why do you think that is? Oh, because introverts don't want to talk about themselves. And the best salespeople don't either. Mm, okay. Introverts want to hear all about you and the best salespeople know that the best sales technique is listening. Yeah. So true. And, 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 but how often do we run across salespeople who don't, they just want to, it's like this verbal, just, uh, (laughs) I know uh, what you wanted to say there. Um, all the time. Right. And so I'm going to tell you guys that when I come across that, all I see in front of me mm-hmm. is this massively insecure salesperson, hmm. right? I don't have to meet you and give you my entire resume and then tell you all of the services that I can offer you and what it would look like for us to work together for any particular length of time and prove to you how much return on your investment you can have. Like, when I see that, all I think is, oh my gosh, I really wish this person was more comfortable in their own skin Mm. because what I buy from Mm -hmm. like you and most people listening to this podcast are from the person, right? If we're talking about services-based businesses, especially relationship is such a large part of why people buy. It's a very simple, no like, and trust scenario. And so you don't really need to know about my business first. You need to know about me first. And I need to know about that takes time. That takes time, Katie. Like, you know, (laughs) I don't have time. I have a quota. Like, what do I do? So fair. uh, (laughs) Then you, you get better at creating relationships with people. Like, I'll be honest, Kelly, it doesn't take that much time to create a good relationship with people. It really, really doesn't. I understand that. Uh, click-through rates and touch points and how, how many times you have to reach out to somebody for them to choose to reach out to you or for you to be able to land the deal mm-hmm. is very, is a, those are all numbers that we, we think about when it comes to how, how quickly am I going to be able to make this deal or whatever. Right. So stop thinking about that. Just do the work. Mm-hmm. And once you get 30 days, people give yourself 30 days to stop thinking about all of that, give yourself as much 
be expansive with yourself. Give yourself a chance to create amazing relationships that convert and take a look and see what it looks like in 30 days. When I said that sales was a skill set, I was serious. It's something that you have to do. You're looking to gather that data and then get better on those numbers, right? So yes, absolutely. We all have quotas. We all need to feed the beast. That's the business bank account, right? The beast. (laughs) And so you don't just make sure you're focusing on the right pieces that will convert for you the fastest. The other thing that I'm reminded of, and I share this frequently with um, folks, you know, because I also, I often equate finding a new job as a sales process as well. And so the guidance that I've given many people that I mentor that are going through sort of a career transition or what have you, is that you need to build relationships before you need them. Because by the time you need them, it's kind of too late. And then that's when you hear people, you know, fretting about, well, I don't have time. I don't have time to get to know this person. It's like, yeah, if you'd been planting the seeds all along, um, then perhaps you wouldn't need, you just wouldn't, you wouldn't be pressed for time. And the whole notion of you're planting seeds in all sorts of relationships because oftentimes the best way to get a new customer to sell is through your network. So it's not necessarily a one-to-one relationship that I'm selling to Katie. It's maybe I'm selling through Katie, but if I'm investing my time in getting to know Katie and, you know, having her know, like, and trust me and know enough about me that now Katie potentially becomes a mouthpiece for me in the marketplace to then help with my selling effort. Well, I got to correct you. I would never be your mouthpiece, but I will totally be a big heart piece. I'll be a walking heart emoji that beats for Kelly. That's Mm -hmm. absolutely true. Um, If any of you want to call me, I'll tell you all about Kelly. Uh, So I agree with you. And of course you had to mention, you know, I was in the staffing business for 10 years. I owned two staffing firms once upon a time, right? Uh, Couldn't agree with you more, my dear. A hundred percent interviewing and getting your next job or taking your next step up the ladder, even Mm -hmm. internally, right? All these things are a sales job yeah, uh, where you are exerting your influence for an outcome that you desire. So let me flip the tables just really quick. So say I didn't know who I needed to know, or maybe I'm brand new in business. Do I just run around town and plant all these seeds? Like how, how do I know what, what I don't know what I don't know. Right. Right. So that's, I think what people come across. And so for the people who are like, well, yeah, now I'm just too busy. And I wish, I wish I, I wish I knew you a year ago, Kelly. So you could have told me that a year ago. Right. Um, I would say you can't, here's the thing. You can't really get it wrong. Right. Just start where you are. Yeah. Right. If you're busy, that's okay. So make one outreach a day, create a goal for yourself and just start where you are so that you're not so behind next time. Pay it forward to yourself. If nobody else. Yeah. Yeah. All we can do, like you take the information that you have now and you do the best that you can based on that new information. I agree wholeheartedly. So, okay, here's a question for you. We hear about marketing, branding, sales, all these different things. What should a business focus, a business owner focus on and and why? (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, you might think that what I would say is sales first. Uh-huh. Uh, and that is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say sales first <laughs> and I will tell you why sales now. He, and it, 
Everybody who's listening to this needs to know this is wholeheartedly dependent upon where you are in your business life, right? So if you are brand new sales first, if you are, uh, releasing a new product, going after a new vertical, all of these different things, a hundred percent sales first. Mm -hmm. If you're in the place where the beast is being fed on the regular and you're in that space in your business where you are in thrive, Mm -hmm. do them at your leisure. I would go with marketing first, probably in that instance, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Branding is going to be a consistent run through. But so the reason why I say that is because sales informs your marketing piece, Mm. right? The more we talk to and have conversion conversations, the more we have conversations where people say no to us, Mm -hmm. this is the, like the sandpaper that sharpens us in business Mm -hmm. so that we can understand, oh, so here were two people and this person said yes. And they're this type of person, even though I looked at them as the same, right? So if your ideal client is a business owner, Mm-hmm. I would put forward to you that there are many types of business owners. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so the more specific we can be, and we can only be as specific as we know who converts. We can have ideas in our head about who we are going to best serve, but it's really the people will vote with their dollars. They will let us know whether or not that's the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, I, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and so I'm going to give you, I'm going <laughs> to, you used the word conversion twice in that last response. Did I? Now, are you assuming that folks are tracking their conversion? Because <gasps> Katie, you and I both know. <laughs> you and I both know that a lot of folks are not. They have absolutely no idea what the convert, like what their conversion is. Now, Kelly, why would you own a business and say you're a business owner? And not pay attention to the thing that keeps it going. Your conversion is the funnest number in your business. Like there is no sexier number. Definition of fun, my friend. Uh, Come on, (laughs) that's the you know the more you convert, the more dollars you have to be able to spend on Facebook ads and Google ads and SEO and marketing and all and branding and swag and like conversion is what gets you scalable so that you can hire a person or five who doesn't love conversion. (laughs) I didn't say they didn't love it. I said they're not tracking it. Well, now that's going to be difficult. (laughs) I recommend that you are not too busy to track your conversion. You should just start today. Today is day one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, but, but honestly, don't you find that a lot of people have n- absolutely no idea? Like that should be a number that off the top of someone's head, they should know, okay, what their conversion percentage is. But I, I guarantee you the vast majority of people do not know. So what I get all, it's so funny you say that, uh, what I get all the time is, oh yeah, I have conversion at like 90%. And so, right. And <laughs> So what I think to myself is, oh, so you don't, by far, you don't have enough sales calls in a month. (laughs) Like those two sales calls. Yeah. Right. Like you come on now. Um, Or I get, yeah, I really just don't know. I don't even know what you mean by that. Right. Right. And so you're very, very right. I, you are very right. They do need to be tracking it. It is an important thing. Um, And you know what will help you understand your conversion rates? Having more sales calls, Mm, (laughs) creating more relationships, right? Connecting more. 
And then just literally tracking those numbers. Absolutely. Business owners don't know those numbers. You know, they go in the, um, the junk drawer of business, right? Air quotes, the junk drawer where our, um, our P&L goes and our chart of accounts and our, our accounts receivable and our finances. Yeah. And then we all, and all of our receipts. And that's what we hand to the bookkeeper at the end of the year, right? Right. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. You just summarized the, 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 uh, the life, the business lifestyle of many people, unfortunately. Um, but there's help, right? There's help. There's people like you, that are out here that are helping us to live the dream, to grow towards six plus figures, whether it's a six figure, um, you know, engagement or six figure year, because when we think about the average, especially solopreneur, um, you know, six figure sounds like a beautiful thing, right? Preach it girl. Yeah. You know, uh, when you're, you know, when you're chief cook and bottle washer, yeah. Uh, when you're the CEO of your own gig, it sounds amazing, but we need to hurry up. Like, but we don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's expensive to live in these streets oh my just gosh. to like, just to breathe. Yeah. Right. So, uh, we definitely want to generate six figures, but we need to understand like what that feels like and how much work that was so that we can get it in the right order so we can make more. Because Mm -hmm. if you're making six figures in revenue, that does not mean you're making a six-figure paycheck, which unfortunately is another little tidbit that not all small business owners know, right? When we went into business, did we know that the money that we made as a business owner wasn't like all our money? Right. Right. So what's the biggest thing? What would you say is the single most the biggest thing that's preventing or stopping business owners from a thrive from thriving and generating that six figure revenue. I think it's um, we're always happy to do the what we think is the easiest thing. We're looking for the easy button, like it's in our DNA to look for the easiest thing and make it work. And unfortunately, for small business, unless you have honed like the solution that you provide, which is what you sell, mm-hmm. not how you do it, but what it is, how much it costs and to whom you do it for. Unless you know that mm-hmm. with like all of the certainty you have in your bones, it's going to be difficult for you to be successful. So focus on that one thing and getting that right. And that can happen the fastest, mm-hmm. right? It, when we're small business owners, we're in a race against time. We're on this five-year time clock. The SBA has more statistics than, you know, the census, as far as what it looks like to be a small business and succeed. And so we already know, Ooh, my five-year anniversary, I got to try and make it. Otherwise I'm going to be that, you know, more than half of us fail. And then, you know, those of us that do make it, it's Mm -hmm. the statistics for how many people get to like a million dollars. It's like 4% of Mm. the statistics that, you know, survived, uh, depending on the industry. So, you know, I, I keep in mind that speed is also a thing. Mm -hmm. So I don't want anybody to waste their time or their dollars on something that's not going to get them to their next year. Mm -hmm. So if they can just focus on the solution that they provide, love your solution, 
You're the expert at it. This is what you do all day, every day. You love it. And as soon as you think of it from that perspective, it will be so much easier for you to talk about it and not think about the person in front of you as potential dollars in your pocket, but just as somebody who may know somebody that needs your solution. Maybe they need your solution. Who knows? But if you can come from this really amazing internal place, the place that you maybe don't talk about a lot around the dinner table because nobody gets it. Mm -hmm. But this is really right. When we go back to purpose-driven, this is what you do. You love it. Why would you not talk about it? Because I got to tell you, you guys, for those of you who don't come to me and talk about your business in a way that makes me think you love it, how am I supposed to buy you? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. Katie, this has been awesome. You are just a light and you're fun and you're amazing. And if anyone who's listening to this podcast has a desire, need for your background, your expertise, what's the best way for folks to connect with you? Oh, what a wonderful question. Uh, Katie at salesuprising.com is my email address. If you are looking to get in touch with me, drop me a note. If you're looking to get on my calendar for a quick call, it's like bit.ly. Uh, slash Katie called 20, go hop on my calendar. I'd love to connect with you. And if you're like, Oh, I don't know that I want to talk to you, Katie, but I really think you're hysterical. Go check out my YouTube channel (laughs) sales uprising. I have a, I do like one, one and a half minute blurbs on business and sales to like, keep everybody juiced up. Awesome. Awesome. And all that information will also be in the show notes. Katie, I am so grateful for your friendship, for the energy that you bring, for your passion, for small business. Thank you so much for everything that you do. And thank you for your time today. It was my absolute pleasure. Kelly, you are amazing. I love our friendship. I cannot believe it's been this long, um, (laughs) which is crazy. And I so appreciate you uh, allowing me to talk to your people here at Boost today. It's been a ball. Thank you. Well, that concludes this episode of the Boost Podcast. Thank you again for listening in. If you don't mind, if you could like, subscribe, or share the podcast with a friend, I would greatly appreciate it. For more information on anything Boost related, you can visit our website at www.kellytleonard.com. 